to the ground. We're back. Another week. Another great guest. We got Hutch Harris of the Thermals on the pod. What's up, Hutch? Hey, how are you? Good, good. We were, we were just talking about the dog on the pod. We got He's we got back. a dog in the background. I love it. Love yeah. to see it. Come on. Yeah, he's stoked to be a part of it. <laughs> We're stoked <laughs> he's <out>. already. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a oh my goodness! What a camera hog! Oh my god, oh, yeah. I love it. This I would is, never this is our kind of potting done. right here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This is uh. It's always good to have the dogs on the Zoom. He loves to be a part of it. Yeah, well, we're st- we'll, we'll interview him next. Don't worry. Okay, yeah, he's ready. He's a good interview. <laughs> what do you what do you think his favorite record is? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because when I got him, I got him when he was like a you know a puppy, but he like really disliked music at first. Really, and I was like, you got to get used to this because this is gonna be. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> this is like, kind of what happens around here. This is my whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but then he, he's into it now, or he just you know he's indifferent now. He tolerates mm. it. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. exactly. I feel like yeah. that's that's most people's. Uh, you know, roommates or partners, they, they tolerate it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where are you coming from these days? Where are you at? I'm in Portland. I've been here for like 25 years. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, which, which part, which quadrant? quadrant? I'm in Southeast. If you know where Reed College is, I'm pretty close to there. Okay. I'm trying to think. It's the pretty one... quiet where I am. It's nice. Yeah, the one time I think I stayed in the Southwest Hills in the, oh, in the, Ritz, in the oh, Ritzy area one time. Yeah. The one time I've been in Portland. Yeah. What were you doing? Just visiting people? Uh, I, I, I took a road trip with a girl I barely knew from uh, New Jersey to Oregon. That's a long road trip. Across like 10 it also, days. Yeah. It also sounds like a Menzinger's song. Maybe you should just put that to a guitar. <laughs> wow. and, yeah, yeah, just, just me, uh, and, me and my, my best gal hitting Route 66. <laughs> how was it out of the trip that's a long trip to go with someone you don't know that well uh it's a great way to learn about somebody <laughs> yeah for sure yeah too much probably <laughs> oh yeah yeah no it was it was definitely too much for sure <laughs> but it was fun it was a good time uh yeah i mean i'm that see i actually this actually leads me into getting into some stuff i want to talk to you about because uh-huh. I, I i didn't want to read too much into it but uh because i figured i'd just ask you but you 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 don't like touring, is that correct? No, I don't. I wish I did because I love playing shows, mm-hmm. but I don't like. I mean, I didn't dislike it the whole time. I just felt like I did it enough. Like I got my fill. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's fair. I mean now you just yeah. hop on the PJ and you just do weekenders, right? <laughs> just charter a jet and just go from venue sure. to venue. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can get sub pop to to finance that. I mean that doesn't sound that fun either though. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, not, it was like <laughs> yeah, not going anywhere is the most fun right now. That's true. Yeah, because me and Andrew were talking uh, privately the other day um, about how much we Ew, don't uh, do that. <laughs> we were uh, we were we were chatting in our in our quarters um, uh, away from prying eyes about how much we we miss touring and how right. we're a bit nostalgic for touring. Why did you stop? Uh, well, one, I was, <laughs> I, I was touring as a photographer, okay. uh, and I wasn't making any money. Was was right. probably the biggest the biggest issue I had was I was very good at touring with bands right before they broke, and right. then kind of right. being left behind a little bit, but by having to get like a real job. Um, right. And and Andrew, why did you stop touring? No one cared about my band. 
There we go. All right. I, you know what? Here's, I don't know. I, I'm. It's interesting. I want to know your perspective on this, but I think one of the main things that like fails small bands is touring before there's a need to tour. Mm, um, right. Absolutely. Like, I, yeah. I get the concept of like, we just got to get out there and make it happen. But I don't think that that's like the path for everybody. Um, yeah, because the bands that we had before the thermals definitely suffered from that. And I had, I would like talk to promoters and they would, they would say like, you're kind of going about this wrong, but we were so stubborn. You don't want to hear that. Especially when right. you're young, when you're like 19, we were like 19, 20, and you just want to get out there and tour. And there'd be like, I remember talking to one guy in particular and he was like, you're, you're just, you know, it's uh no one knows no one knows who you are and you're just going cold into these cities like what are you expecting like how are people supposed to know to come to the show and then they just don't you go on (laughs) tour and then no one comes and you're like yeah you you do need to wait and still something you have some kind of something that can kind of like let people know you know some kind of a machine or some kind of publicity i I feel like it might be a little easier now that the internet and there's so many like sub communities of the internet now regarding like music wise that there right. are, there's more ways than ever to get your band out there, but there's also right. more bands than ever to get like lost. I, in I was going to say, right. Right. More I, you couldn't, for the most part, you couldn't get me to leave my house on a weeknight to go see live music. <laughs> right. And I hate that that's the case but um, like i'm very much similar and i don't i don't even have a nine to five and i'm still like right. <laughs> just getting yeah. to leave the house <laughs> but yeah i don't i guess so i'm sure you had similar experiences um you know maybe we could swap some some horror stories but like you were saying about kind of leaving town before your band really had a had connections in other places because you know eventually you start meeting other bands and they take you with them and you kind of hopefully you're on a tour that's booked in a way that everyone has kind of pull from different areas so there isn't too many areas where no one has pull right like when it's properly booked tour lineup that that's kind of a good way to do it but i remember being in places where just you show up and you realize that the promoter didn't promote at all Right, and then they're like looking to cancel the show. That's probably sixty percent of shows, right? Right. Oh, and yeah. You drove like nine hours that day yeah. to get uh, to the yeah. Like, you I, raced to get to that show. I was I was touring with a pop punk band who loved doing the well. We're gonna leave the show, and then drive halfway to the next show, sleep uh, in a Walmart yeah. parking lot, yeah. and then drive the other <laughs> half to the show. And just cranking out eight hour drives like that, and then yeah. showing up, and then being like. Oh, actually, yeah, the venue, we we had to change venues last minute, and we didn't, like, let anyone know that the venue had changed. And then, like, having it happen, like, two nights in a row to where right. me, the photographer, was putting my last $20 in the tank. Like, oh, shit, really? You know, like, it, and so maybe I'm not quite nostalgic for that kind of touring, but there's been some other ones. But, yeah, it, it's always funny when you get to the venue and they don't realize there's a show happening. Uh <laughs> That's happened a few times in Brooklyn. They don't even know. Oh, yeah. God. We, we, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Acheron. Uh, I was on like an emo tour at the time and we showed up and they're like literally like painting the space and we're showing up for <laughs> wow. a load in. And there's a guy with like overalls and a paint bucket. Know. And we're just like, hey, we're here to 
play to the show and they're like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and then sure enough like the guy who booked it was like some guy notoriously who would just book bands and then not actually like follow through right this happened to like multiple people for years and i don't know how it kept happening uh but yeah we ended up playing like an abandoned it was the party expo but it was abandoned and he happened to have the key to it well that sounds fun though it was interesting, but like I said, yeah, yeah. They, no one knew it's that interesting the show no doesn't shows it, right? up. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. There was there was the, the the three bands on the bill, and uh, maybe a, a dozen people. We were able to like let them know personally that the show had gotten moved. Hutch, you got a, you got a worse show. Yeah, let's hear let's hear the stuff that took you out of touring. Um, I mean, the thing was like once we started the thermals, there was everything happened so fast that we didn't have. Like, all the tours we had were really good, actually. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the bands that we had. Because Kathy and I had a bunch of bands before uh, the Thermals. And that's when this kind of rough touring that we were talking about, that's when we were going through that. I remember one show. You know, it'd be, like, tours where you were basically only doing house shows. Maybe once in a while, like, someone's dad had a restaurant and you would play at the <laughs> restaurant. But the yeah. very, very DIY. And so, yeah, you really, like... You know, like, busting your ass for, like, eight or nine hours a day to get there. And then, I mean, I love a good house show, but when that's the whole tour. I remember one show where we, uh, you know, there was probably, like, seven kids. They were they were all on mushrooms. It was just the kids. It was, like, a <laughs> private show for them. It was, like, a show at their house that they hadn't told anyone about. That's and the so other rad. bands uh, were, like, they had already loaded in all their gear. And then they're, like, we're not playing but we were like, this band that Catherine and I had, we were like, oh, we're playing. Like, we're still playing. <laughs> yeah, we got here. We're playing music no matter yeah, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I mean, especially if you had already, if you've already dragged all your gear down to the basement, you're going to play. Like, I can get, if you get there and everyone's like, oh, this is just terrible here. Let's just drive. Sometimes you're like, fuck it. We're all going to go. But like, if you already loaded the gear in. Oh, yeah. Those, those are called band play. practice shows. Yeah, That's right. That's just right. band practice. And it was fun because it was only seven kids there, but they were all hammered. So they liked, <laughs> they enjoyed, they enjoyed the show. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I don't miss is like when people promise you a place to stay, and then you get there, and it's a party. Direct. It's always a party, right? It's yeah, always, and they're like, oh no no, we got you know they're just and you get there and like everything just reeks of weed. Yeah, and and it's yeah. like and like oh no, it's it's. 12 30 at night i just want to go to sleep and yeah, everyone's I, coming over yeah. yeah i i feel like there's a there's a level not that i'm trying to victim blame here but like i feel like there's a level of like you know i i told this band they could stay at my house like what do i do when this band gets right, to my right. house you so them or i'm gonna invite yeah. other people most people don't realize right. like the band just wants to not talk the yeah, band right, wants right, to be yeah, left yeah. alone the, the best thing yeah, you can do is that. to leave <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, just, just, hand, just hand them the keys. Exactly. No, that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to shower. I want to yeah. shower. I want to like order Taco Bell, and I don't want anybody yeah. to know I exist outside of that. Yeah. So, yeah. so touring as a two piece, though, uh, I mean that's a different experience. And that uh, when, right. when you were touring with Kathy, was it just you two? And did you bring just, anybody else? There was just one tour. That we did the two of us, and we actually did it in a Toyota Corolla, and oh, we just yes. had like the kick drum in the back seat, and then the mm. amp in the trunk. So, but yeah, I mean, but that's not comfortable either. You get like, I don't know. I would rather be in like a van at least. But it yeah. seemed like, oh, this will be so cheap, and it was. It's very cheap. Mm-hmm. Two people, uh, and that was like the last thing that we had done before the thermal started. 
And like, thankfully too, because it was like, it would be a thing where like, maybe like every other show was good, but then it was just like, you know, it's just exhausting and you kind of like, yeah. it's hard to not remember all the shows that weren't good. Well, so it, what was that? Where'd what you was down? That? Uh, sorry, what? I was just going to say, it, it just wears you down after oh, a while. absolutely. You know, absolutely, just the monotony yeah. of even just going from place to place, showing up for sound check, and then just wandering around the parking lot or, like, what's in, like, a six-block radius of the venue. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, Andrew, what were, you, what were you saying? Well, no, I was going to talk about music, but, you oh, know. Then you're on the wrong podcast for that, <laughs> I know. Um, so what, what was that transition where, you, you know going from that band to the thermals was it like just you wrote different material or yeah yeah because kathy and i had been trying to do something that was kind of like you know like more acoustic bass and was kind of more i mean old i mean the thermals is old-fashioned too but old-fashioned in a different way more of kind of like like a 60s 70s kind of like folk pop thing that was like good i think but just was never that hip and wasn't really like we were always trying to get on a label and just no one wanted it it just wasn't like cool i don't think and then at one point i had just made what was that first thermals record on a four track cassette and then that was just something that people wanted to hear and put out um so it was kind of just like an easy decision where we're like well we're just gonna do this because uh these other things we've been trying just haven't been working so well. And then we kind of found something that did. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who hasn't heard the song exploder episode sort oh, of yeah. about that first record, like pause that don't, just kidding. Don't pause this. Go <laughs> join our, pa- yeah, go join our Patreon. And then after yeah, you join yeah. our Patreon, yeah. go check out that song exploder. It's incredible. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like him. Do you, um, do you I mean, do you listen to that podcast at all regularly? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've I've I I haven't caught up for a little bit, mm-hmm. but for a while, I mean, I had heard every single thing it's, that he did, and the Netflix. Yeah. I think that they only did one season, though, right? Yeah, Netflix? the Netflix thing. I feel Too like bad. the Netflix thing yeah. didn't didn't have like never like got teeth, but the concept is incredible. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, right. And there's so many good episodes. Yeah, yeah. It'll it, make me love a song that I kind of didn't even think oh, was that. Yeah, hot. yeah no, absolutely. Just the way he, they, they, they dissect it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I and it's I, I for people who aren't musicians, I you know, I don't know I don't know like how much people who aren't musicians care about like songwriting and stuff, but like right. For people who are creatives to hear somebody else's creative, uh, you know, creative processes, uh, such an amazing thing that like I didn't have when I was, you know, oh, yeah. early twenties. Like that would have oh, been yeah, amazing. For sure, for sure. I had my dickhead friends that I would sit around and be like, "You, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote this really sad song. How do I make it better?" <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people don't even have that. You know, yeah. don't even have oh, that kind of community yeah. to 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 put that together. Yeah. But yeah, the um. Did you ever do like <laughs> the one that I have the trouble wrapping my head around is is uh what's it band Splain? Like I don't I I look at those episodes and see that they're six hours <laughs> yeah, long and I'm just like Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like how how is this number one how does a guest have time to do that how do they I not I guess I guess at this yeah. point they understand what the gist is it's like okay I know this is like my whole afternoon right but, like it's I lot, I have trouble getting through some of those episodes I try but band, 
I feel like Bandsplain is cool. I, I can only think of a handful of bands that I know their material well enough to talk about. Yeah. For like hours I mean, that's the other at thing. a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, it, it's, it, I, it's like a war of attrition or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like that, it's like that Wilco song that just keeps going on and on. And they were like, you know, it'll be a different experience every time. Cause nobody will possibly listen to the whole thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, uh, speaking of, speaking of cool hit podcasts, uh, Hutch, you were on an episode of Mark Marin, right? Yeah, yeah. What what was that like? That was back in what 2016, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was great because that was another uh, podcast I had listened to probably every episode. Like I loved, and especially on tour. Um, I mean, I go so far back as I actually had. There was a CD that he put out that was like the first, maybe like fifty episodes or something. Like before Wait, really? they were all, yeah, before they were all available. It's like two thousand. 13 probably yeah yeah and then god this isn't even that long ago but this feels like stone age like putting the putting the fucking getting the cd and then putting it on my laptop Mm -hmm. and then listening to those episodes anyway yeah (laughs) i loved i loved that show uh and then he had mentioned the thermals a few times on on like other episodes of the podcast yeah, at least probably the Obama episode, right? I know Obama's yeah. a huge fan. Yeah, that's actually how he got into it. Yeah, Obama was. He, he got your listening. number from Obama. Well, Obama yeah. was listening to the thermals to get pumped, like before the. Uh, yeah, before you, the you were on the started. on the presidential playlist. You Yo, put out. Wouldn't yeah. it be Wouldn't it be yeah. awesome if Obama at one point was like, "I'm sick and tired of like evangelicals." Here's uh he just started right. quoting like pillar of salt like fuck yeah. you yeah. this guy hates george bush as much as i do uh, <laughs> right. but yeah the, i mean that so i mean that's that's pretty cool our our last guest uh was i think our first guest to ever be uh who we've had on who was interviewed by nardwar i don't know if you ever oh, got really? that treatment cool. No, but, I've never met uh, Nardwar. But yeah. I don't think we've ever had anyone who's been on on WTF with Mark Marin. So, what was that experience like? Were you in the garage? Paint the yeah, picture. Yeah, it, it was in the original garage. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the nerve-wracking things was he was nervous that day because Neil Young was about to come over. Oh, I, and and- I, after I left, I was like, I should have, I should have just tried to hang out. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, yeah, Neil Young. He was like, we gotta. He's like, I gotta get through this, this, yeah, this weirdo this before I get to Neil. Practice know, before. Gotta loosen up the vocal cords before Neil Young shows Does up. Does he start off yeah, with like, yeah. "So, what the fuck kind of name is Hutch anyway?" <laughs> <laughs> but- no, he was really nice. I mean, I felt. Uh, I mean, it was one of those things that I was such a big fan of, so I, I went into it just like I was like, "You just gotta be chill and act normal, and don't try to." I mean, I think doing inter- any interview, the guests should never try to like steer it in any kind of direction, or it, you shouldn't have like any agenda at all when you go in. You just go in and you let the person ask you questions, and then you know, just talk to them. Because I was afraid that I was gonna be so. Since I liked that podcast so much, I was afraid that I was gonna try to go in there and have you know what I wanted to say all planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it just doesn't matter. Um, it certainly yeah. doesn't. We and we certainly yeah. don't plan anything. Yeah. So. What, what was your right. what was your process planning to come on this podcast? <laughs> Similar, oh, I imagine. Hour. I was up all night last night. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, yeah. We got we got Steve Perry coming in after you. So <laughs> oh, nice. thanks for yeah. thanks for letting us uh, you know warm up the uh, the audio system. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you should have just like 
asked to use the bathroom and just like hung out there for like you know three hours until neil showed up dude it was so we got there it was our tour manager drove us it was me and my publicist who had helped uh get us on there and like we go in there and it was like the most mark Marin thing like he was just in his kitchen, just like just come in. He was just in his kitchen making coffee, but he had some new coffee. I don't even know what it was. He got it was just like a Melita, or it wasn't even a French press. It was something. But he was like, "Oh, I'm just trying to figure out how to make this coffee thing." And we're like, "What?" It was like he was doing an impression of Mark Maron. Like he was just like such a cartoon. Like, and oh, you're actually this. Grumpy. Yeah, you're yeah. this neurotic. That's great. This is everything he was I, absolutely I was hoping for. Himself, yeah, like a hundred percent. A bird flew in the garage. <laughs> while we were doing the interview and he had to kind of like get up and chase the bird around and like grab a broom i, I was this. like speechless i was just like i can't believe this is happening like right now like this is just so was that edited out so surreal no no it's in there it's in there oh, and i'm just sitting to... there I, I wish it's it's so funny because it's just dead air too while you can just hear him in the background and uh, later i was like he should have like at least got on the bike but i was just i i was speechless i was like this is i can't like believe this is happening right now. <laughs> this is too funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm just picturing it in my head, and it's it's great. The he had that like weird like short lived TV show too. He he was doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, real. that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, the IFC show. Yeah, yeah, IFC was yeah, doing I still it for listen a while. To, to his show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, it's 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 tough. I feel like after as many years as he's been doing it. I mean, everyone jokes about fast-forwarding through the first 20 minutes or so, because right, it's just right. so many ads at this point. I don't right. know how he does all those ad reads, like, by, you know, doing doing them himself, you know? <laughs> but it's a lot. But yeah, right. there, was a, there was the era of him just, like, he would just pick up his guitar and just start putting out, like, the most dad blues riffs on the planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he, he still ends the episodes. Does he? The, uh, I'm, so, yeah, I'm so out yeah. of the loop on it, but... Good for good for him. I mean, he found cool. a he found a you know he found a thing and it worked. Absolutely, yeah, and it's led to so many other. You know, he was kind of flailing before he started the podcast, oh, yeah. and then think of all the like movie stuff he's done. The thing just, is, he ran yeah. out of people to interview. Every time I look at the, like, if I go back to his page, yeah. it's like. You know, uh, Neil Patrick Harris six. Like it's like oh, it's like the people are reaching double digits of times they've you know guessed it on his shows at this point. Yeah, right. But uh, but yeah, back to back to touring a bit though. Did you end up getting like towards uh, at some point touring in a bus and getting that kind of touring experience, or no, was it always no, kind the... of a fifteen passenger situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all it was like a sprinter for the last like ten years. I think. Okay. Which is good. And, like, I mean, a bus is so expensive. Like, you yeah. can do a bus. You just got to pay for the bus. You just lose a shit ton yeah. of money. And it's like, do I want to yeah. come home with a lot less for a bit more comfort? Right. And we always just, you know, we were cheap about stuff like that. We just, like, saved money and, you know, that's just not something we would have done. I bet even if we were doing bigger venues, I don't know. I mean, the point was just to like not like even on a major label, there's still like uh, there's not a lot of labels that are gonna like give you money for stuff like that, and if they are, it's gonna be a loan. Well, so, yeah, and and that's a know. thing a lot of people I feel like don't maybe not know. Yeah, it's that so. when you have a bus, you have to pay for a driver. 
Yeah. You have to pay for the driver's hotel because while he's right. not driving overnight, he's staying in a hotel. Right, right. Um, you know, that, and then you're paying for all, you know, the other things on the bus. And it's the same thing with, like, tour riders and things a lot of people don't realize. Like, oh, you have all this lavish shit on these old, like, 80s band guarantee. tour tour riders right, that's coming right. out of your guarantee. They're not just right, giving right. You're you for it. Right. 30 bottles of uh, Evan Williams, you know, that's coming <laughs> right. out of like, the... You are paying for everything. You, and, where do you where do you stand on the uh, on the current hot button issue of uh, of merch, uh, merch? Merch. Oh yeah, I mean that that's been going on for so long, and the thing is, like, you just have to learn how to subvert a lot of that stuff. Right. Like, you have to learn how to lie and hide. You have to hide merch. You have to like anytime. You know, a lot of times they'll count you. They want to be there and count your merch anytime where they'll just take your word for it. You just have to lie to them. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be on the side of bands like it is. It's crazy that they're like, because now I've heard I know Jeff Rosenstock was talking about it, but who maybe it was Tom Berlin. People talking about like 30 percent, like taking 30 percent of like soft merch too. I think, which is crazy. That is like a huge. Yeah, that's a huge amount. It is because you're not. You know, we just we just did some shirts for the pod, and like, you're not making that much money on shirts either. No, no, you're not. Yeah, it's like you got to buy the shirt and pay for the printing and pay for the shipping. Like it all goes. Like, uh-huh. So and then you quickly, have to get stuff yeah. shipped to the venues, oh, and yeah, that drop yeah. shipping costs money, and it's just oh yeah, the, so the amount of. Uh, that's the other thing too is people don't realize is that touring is fucking expensive in general. Like, right, right. No matter right. how you're doing it, you're not coming home with a ton of money like you might be making rent like you might not be just like you know losing money on the apartment you're not living in at the moment (laughs) right right it's tough in a lot of ways and like i said the merch stuff with the cuts you're not making a lot uh even if you're lying you're not making a lot you got to pay someone to sell it sometimes oh yeah yeah. there, there was something that came up recently they talked about it on our uh, sister podcast, Axe to Grind. <laughs> um, but they were talking about how some uh, like medical band was complaining that their merch guy was getting more money in tips than they were getting from their guarantee. But they were compl- wow, I'm like, that's, really? that's kind of a shitty thing to complain about. Like, your dude's out there selling your merch. Right. And people are tip. Apparently, they're saying, like, oh people think they're tipping the band when they're tipping oh, the merch guy. Right. So they're like, that it's is, misleading. That it's like, is no, 100% you're, untrue. Your fans are just <laughs> stupid, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you, there were, there. I think there was one tour I did doing merch where, like, there was a setup on the square that I could take, that I got tips. Yeah, I don't even think when I did merch, that was, like, an option. Like, it was and very I, early in yeah, the square I, era. Yeah. And, and there were, I mean, I was definitely doing better on tips than i was the band paying me oh, and really? like yeah, yeah and that's the whole thing it's like when i was doing merch i had like a 15 dollar per day <laughs> like right, and i would right. sell zines and stuff to like get some extra taco bell money mm. but yeah the idea of like having a tip jar on the table at the time was not really a thing but if that's a thing now like good I mean, tip jar on the table is fine, but those credit card tips were incredible. Well, That's why people, like, yeah, yeah. people are so mentally tuned to just yeah. hit twenty percent. I mean, you know, <laughs> sure. Let me let me pick up a hoodie and a tote bag. Uh, sure, I'll take that double LP. Uh, you know, I need a shirt, and yeah. then I'll tip you twenty percent. Like, thanks yeah. for twenty dollars for me yeah, doing yeah, that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then there's also some venues that have a merch person for you 
Mm. Right. You know, some of the bigger venues have their own like merch salespeople. No, I don't think I I think there's like a middle size, right? 930 yeah. Club does it. Yeah. Um they do, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. The uh what's that what's that like church venue in Atlanta? Oh, I the don't altar? know. The altar no. Is it the not the Earl? I know what you're talking about. Cause they sell for you. Interesting. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing. If they're gonna take a merch cut, like if they're if they're paying someone to do the merch for you, like that that makes sense a little bit more. <laughs> like I don't know. Sure, it's... but they're only having somebody sell, so you don't rip them off. Like exactly. it's a stupid... right, and also you brought yeah. a person that you probably yeah. that you need to pay for that day anyway. You're not going to be yeah. like, sorry, you don't get paid today. Yeah. I mean, we had someone who would she drove us and did merch, which was amazing, wow. and she did it for like ten years too, and she was great. Looking back, I'm like, she should have got paid more. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you, I don't know, driving, I used to think driving was an easy job, and now I know it is not. <laughs> it is not easy. It's fucking so tiring. It did just she get sucks. to pick the music, or was it, uh, was it she Chaka did, that picked actually. the music? She did, and she only liked um, like stuff like uh, Blind Guardian and Dragon Force. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, we called it fantasy metal. This is yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's pretty much what it is, like dream um, theater and yeah, yeah. But especially if we had to do a drive, like a couple hours, like you know, if she had to be up to like three or something, she'd just be blasting mm. fucking blind guarding. <laughs> which eventually I got to like. I like really got to like it, but it took like a lot of listens. At first, yeah. I was like, "This is too crazy." <laughs> Oh god! I yeah, I I remember all that. There's always the certain people in like high school who had all those shirts and yeah, just weird like operatic dream yeah. theater kind of yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. That's so funny. But uh, them's the rules, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we respected it. I respected it. I but, I personally love to drive. Yeah, I no, drove same. every chance I could, especially uh, my yeah. band. I would be like, "Fuck you!" We're listening to. Uh, we're listening to the entire Beach House discography as loud as I can get it. <laughs> wow, well, that's cool. Yeah, that that that's the thing is, uh, I think my preference of driving comes almost directly in line with the being able to choose the music. Yeah. I think yeah. is is kind of the when I, when I did that road trip with that girl, I think I drove eighty five percent of the time specifically yeah. because every time she drove, she wanted to put on show tunes. Do you know what's unfortunate? My wife doesn't respect this rule. Is That's, there anything yeah. to like? <laughs> Billy, come here. Can we sign like a change.org petition to get <sighs> it? <in> place? <laughs> Let him listen to the national whenever he wants. Oh, I would put the kibosh, <laughs> I, I put the kibosh on that real quick too. So, <laughs> nah. Yeah, but uh, so I I gotta say, Hutch, I I wasn't super familiar with the thermals before before the podcast. Oh yeah, uh, and I guess I listened to more Thermals records than I did uh, Subhumans records. So. Okay, <laughs> but what I realized was uh, Pillar Assault was on the Skate Three soundtrack. It was, yeah, and that that's a big deal. That's that's yeah, almost sure. better than than being on the Tony Hawk soundtrack, at least in the later eras <laughs> of Tony Hawk. But uh, you know, Skate was a better game. I'll skate say. is a much. I mean, it's it's also a newer game in terms of you know. But apparently, I mean, they're like, making the, Skate Four. Right, right. Cannot wait. The but Skate Three is pinnacle. The pinnacle. mechanics of trying to do a trick were so much better on Skate. Than... Oh, yeah. And I think I think that that's mostly attributed to uh, the thermals being on the soundtrack. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everyone says it. <laughs> that's well, the biggest part of the me- of the mechanics of the game. Is... <laughs> 
just having the right soundtrack. But yeah, Dan, it, yeah. Dan, what Thermals records did you like? Uh, I kind of literally just ran it down the list on Spotify, just like one afternoon, just kept nice. it rolling. Uh, but then I went back and watched a bunch of your music videos, which cool. I really got to say is really cool. Like you, oh, you had thanks. a lot of fun music videos, oh, yeah, and I think sure, that's such a sure. big, especially like the kind of music you're playing, the kind of era you were playing it in. Like having a good, entertaining music video is like, it's the perfect combination. I know it. It, it would always annoy me how important it was. <laughs> um, I think it's still important. I mean, I think it's still important. But the thing is, you can just do your videos on your phone now because yeah. you want them. You want them to be in that ratio anyway. But like, I mean, I liked making the videos, but like, I didn't want people to automatically think of the video. It doesn't really matter. The thing with those video games is it cra- it's crazy how many people will actually get to know your band like from those games. Because a lot of times, most of those games, the budget would be so small. But, yeah. And they always say, oh, but it'll introduce you to a lot of people. And you're like, sure, it will. But then it actually does. I mean, even <laughs> there's even like a like the there's like an NHL game that was like huge for us. Yeah. And there was that MLB game, too. But yeah, a lot of those, you know, they're not paying anyone or maybe they're paying like the bigger bands, you know, they they have like Iggy Pop or whatever on there. Which but yeah, is, but then it which, turns out that a lot of people hear you. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it is it's it is unfortunately kind of that like exposure thing, but also right. if you're like the amount of plays this is actually getting, like even with terrible streaming yeah. payouts, it would still be a pretty yeah, nice it's insane. Sum. Yeah, people playing those games hours every day for years. Yeah. I mean, that's why literally the first two like Tony Hawk video games are just like because there, there there wasn't a huge soundtrack on those games so you literally just heard really? the same 30 yeah, yeah. songs baked right, into right. your brain what but, were some of the songs you remember oh god like what, uh, on the first on the first tony hawk yeah, oh there was yeah. the there was that what? goldfinger song but there was also like primus jerry was a race car driver yeah, there yeah. was that one especially was in the demo and you could play the warehouse demo on like one of the old PlayStation One demo oh, discs, right, right. and right. it would just play yeah, that yeah, same. Or it was that song, or a Police <laughs> Truck, Police what? Truck by Dead Kennedys. De- oh, Dead cool. Kennedy, that was the other one. And they removed like a particularly inflammatory verse from the song that I never realized until twenty years later. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, pretty cool, though. Yeah, but there was all kinds of that stuff. It was so funny how that. What was it, Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four. You could, if you had like an Xbox, I don't know if it was like this for all systems, mm-hmm. but you could put a CD in and like rip music to the oh, hard drive. Early Xbox had, had really? like its own music media from the hard player. drive. So there was, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, for a while, all I knew was like, we're just going to listen to Earth Crisis and <laughs> play <laughs> this stupid fucking game. I mean, that's the best Amazing. way to do it. You yeah. Gotta. But the, uh, but yeah, how did, uh, so. Because you mentioned some other like sporting games and things. Like, do you have any yeah, big, yeah. L- big like sinks of that time? Anything that really, uh, you know, w- was a good little paycheck or something that you maybe turned down and and kind of regret? I think that's always uh, a fun question. I mean, the big money stuff. There was that show Chuck, if you remember, that was on NBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like faux spy show kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they we did two songs on that and that was like huge for us and it was like the years that it was only kathy and i writing and recording so it was just all the money went to us so those were good but then it was one of those things where it it wasn't 
like some people would know the band from that show, but not as much as from something like, uh, you know, like one of the video games. And then we had turned down a Hummer commercial. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was for 50 grand. That like, Jeez. now I would, the thing is when you, when you like, when you figure out where, how, how the money is split, where it all goes, it's not that much per person. Mm-hmm. And the thing is the band, we had only been a band for like, like the first record had only been out for a couple months. Like it was way too soon to sell out like that. <laughs> well, and, and selling out way. was like a big thing at the time. That was it like a thing was, people yeah. cared about. And especially Hummer too. Like we all hated Hummer, you know, like right. it, it was, it yeah. would be against, uh, against kind of the ethos of the band i would say for sure it would be almost like doing an ad for like the army or maybe even yeah. worse it was just I mean, it would have been like so not cool to do so. yeah that is it, of all the cars the most military adjacent I of know, them all I know, yeah, like yeah. it couldn't have been a corolla or something i know i know well, we still probably wouldn't have done it yeah um yeah yeah that, yeah because i i think there was a really funny one uh this was a Jeff Rickley, who who mentioned he was on How Long Gone after he was on our podcast, but mm-hmm. they, they asked them that question, and apparently they had gone, they had been up for a million dollar American Express commercial that they turned down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh shit. Well, it doesn't doesn't matter as much to me anymore. Those those ethos. I think, I think no, the only no. the only commercial that had like a song that I was stoked on. That was a good commercial. There was a Cadillac commercial that had the hum song stars on it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and there was a part where like the massive sunroof opens and that's when the whole song kicks in. And mm. I was just like, I'm going to buy one now. <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted to. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. The um another thing I wanted to bring up is the Body, the Blood, and the Machine was mm-hmm. produced by Brendan of Fugazi. Yes. Which led, led you guys some credit at the time, I believe. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, how'd that all come about? He had been doing this series called Burn to Shine, which uh, I think there are three or four of them. He would find uh, a house in each city that the fire department was going to burn down for like hmm. training. And then he would have bands play in the house and then they would film the burning down of the house with the <laughs> band on a different day. But it's really good. There's a DC one. There is a maybe a Louisville one, I think. And then there's a Portland one. I think there were three or four. Um, so, yeah. So he did that. So we met him doing that. And it was pretty good. The Portland one was like Sleater Kenny, Thermals, Shins, uh, I forget who else. But pretty good. You know, kind of like maybe Decembrists. So it was probably like 2004 or five. So, so you would perform a set in the house? Just a song. Just okay. every band would do one song and then they would film it. Okay. Yeah. And so then we knew that Brendan had done, he had done like a couple Ted Leo records. Um, it sounded really cool. And he Jersey was just City so cool. Native. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey City native. Oh, yeah. I live in Jersey City. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Ted's Ted's out and about. Do you know, or did you know John Daniello? I mean, I know he moved, but he lived in Jersey City. For, no, uh, I don't. I don't think so. He produced. He did a record for us, but he's done all the Dinosaur Junior records since like the '90s. He did some Sonic Youth stuff. I did mean, he, he did a, studi- a ton of stuff. 
He did worked he out of water, water in Hoboken. Gotcha. Okay. It wasn't like yeah, his yeah. own studio, but he produced and he lived. I used to, we used to give him a hard time because he lived on Jersey Ave in Jersey City. <laughs> yeah, I live uh, <laughs> like two or three blocks from there, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, yeah, I actually, my old neighborhood, though, I was down the block from the old Big Blue Meanie studio. Oh, okay. So which what, was the one that recorded that? all of the Long Island emo bands of like, you know, Taking Back Sunday and that whole era, Thursday. Cool. I think some Saves <laughs> the Day stuff. And then oh, that, yeah, now it's a yeah. nightclub, which is terrible. Oh, damn. But before yeah. that, it was 518 Quantum Sound, which was a big legendary hip hop studio before it was oh, Big okay. Lumini, which is pretty, oh, pretty crazy. Yeah. I always forget like Water Studio. I think um, the Machine Shop is in Hoboken too. Right. I mean, uh, Water's like, massive. They've done yeah. so many. Huge. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy to think because Hoboken's so small too. Right, right. It's a one-band town. It's just Yola Tango out there. I know it's just been Yola Tango's town forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. That's Yola Tango <laughs> country. People, people don't dare <laughs> yeah. set up a second band out there. No, you, no. You walk no. in and you just fall asleep immediately. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now that now that Maxwell's is gone, there there really isn't oh, it's too much. Too bad. Yeah. Oh, what a place. It was I know, too bad. Yeah. But okay, so back to Okay, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you met Brent, you met Brendan do, Brent, uh, doing right, this thing. Right. Yeah. The session and then you hit him up for the uh when he had the record. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed to make sense. We liked working with people that were in bands and just like Brendan has the best vibe. He's just really easygoing. You know he has good taste. Like you just know he's coming from a place where you want to be in a a scene you want to be associated with like it's fucking brendan like mm -hmm. yeah all it was yeah it was it was great and then we're still in touch we stayed in touch i saw he was playing in that band hammered hulls if you know them mm -hmm. which is ian's little brother i mean little brother he's like 50 um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but I, I so i saw him a couple months ago like i still see him all the time oh, yeah, he's just a great dude great dude that was nice. Who who yeah. end up recording some of the later stuff with? So Chris Walla did like like the he mixed the first, he did the second, and then he did the fourth and the seventh. So we would keep he was because he you know he lives in Seattle. He, we were always trying to grab him, but if he was busy and he was really busy a yeah. lot, this is when he was still in Death Cab or he. You know, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, Steely Dan called me," and we'd be like, "You're gonna produce Steely Dan?" He's like, "No, they just want me to come like hang out in the studio, like not even." <laughs> he would just like, like Sting had called him up. He's, he's like, "I, I want to do your record, but I might be doing Sting's record." He's got Neil Young coming in right behind you. The story yeah, of your exactly, life, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then we did a record with uh, John Congleton, if you know him. He not, did not like a lot of the St. Vincent stuff, and then. Mm -hmm. I forget what he's done recently, but he's done a lot of big, a lot of big stuff. Oh, that's awesome! And then, yeah, yeah. And then John and Yellow. So it's okay. just just those just those three dudes. Oh, that's rad! That's rad. Did you did you record that in Jersey in uh, Hoboken then at Water Studios? Yeah, or? yeah. We were there. That was Hurricane Sandy. Like we were oh, there. We that's got stuck the, there. We were there that whole week. Literally the worst time to be in Hoboken in in history, maybe. Yep. And then, like, in the whole, we had to evacuate the studio a couple of days. And we were just at John's house with no power for probably like four or five days. And then water got totally flooded. Uh, Very ironic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> just fucking crazy. Cause we were like, we had just never, 
lived through anything like that. Especially oh, yeah. in Oregon, like there's no extreme weather here. Also, like we were like they were like he was like, yeah, we got to pack up early. We got to get out here. Like okay, so we're kind of just like you know, we don't know what's coming, and they were like boarding up the whole first floor and like trying to cement like stuff but like yeah. it seemed like a little late at that point but we're like is it really gonna be that bad and they, the guys they were like they were just stuck on the second floor for like a couple days they were like oh, it was yeah. like a tidal wave coming down the street no. they were like this is my nuts. my buddy yeah. lived on uh on park ave in in hoboken during sandy and literally people were kayaking down the street right right uh that's how you had to get around because it literally was flooding full first floors yeah. right and right. it was insane to see it was bizarre yeah. i mean it's it's been we've had a few kind of close calls since but that sandy really really tore the place it apart. Was it was wild. and then just like how'd walking, you finish the record uh john just i mean all the tracking had been done he just mixed it oh wow okay without us like a couple months later oh that's brutal uh, but yeah it's i mean it was because where where we were staying with him it was on jersey Ave, right by this park if you know where it is he was just like a block away from this park, but just walking How- like a few blocks from there, it, you would see people whose like entire apartments had just been ruined and yeah. everyone's possessions were out. Everyone's car was wrecked. Yeah. It was yeah, crazy I mean, to see. I've lived in my spot. Uh, my roommate's been here for about 12 years, but I've been here three and our apartments flooded twice. So. Oh, really? Shit. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. For Ida, we got, we got like three or four inches of water in our first floor during what Ida. What did you do? I wasn't home for it. Oh, <laughs> My roommate yeah. had to stack all of the furniture on on the dining room table. Like I was on table. tour for Sandy. Yeah, uh, I was in Erie when Sandy hit, which was great. I just slept in the van, had a great time. But... Yeah, it, it, it didn't affect your life in any way. No, zero percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I was at the lake when it happened, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't have to deal with it, but it was. Yeah, they they take all the wall, like chop all the wallboard, and we just lived mm. it. Luckily, our our bedrooms and stuff are on the second floor, so we didn't like lose any personal items. But brutal. Right. It's, it's 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 a it's a tough place, and I feel like it's flooding more and more. Hoboken's always had a problem, but it's uh, Sandy was was specific. That that's crazy. You were here for that of all. I know. <laughs> of I all know. Times. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you'll never forget it. That's for sure. Oh no, no, for sure. Yeah. But uh, now, so Andrew, any other questions before we head into subhumans? No, I'm I'm excited. We're yeah, sub, subhuman it up. So, <laughs> so Dan, uh, you hated this record. Let's start you there. Always <laughs> <do that. laughs> uh, you always, you always. No, okay. Dig uh, me let hole. me start. So, so this is subhumans from the cradle to the grave. What's this? Eighty four. 83 uh, yeah yeah that sounds right maybe a little maybe 82 yeah yeah I, i'm not sure exactly but uh, um, i can tell you in two seconds is, 84 this is, this is the second cool. lp if i'm not mistaken there right. were like a I, there was a lot of material but this was like the second actual full length right right um big blind spot for me like this style of punk was oh, yeah, never yeah. like a same, thing same. that was for me um what like Cause you're not that much older than me. I, no, I want to say you're probably four years older than me. If I'm if 48, that. I just turned 48. Okay. So, so I'm 42. So, um, yeah. So like a was... lot of stuff when I'm, I'm, I'm getting into that record at in like 91 or 92, probably, right. you know, like a lot of, you know, I had a friend, like a lot of, you know, I had like, 
maybe like two friends who introduced me to like every single band I ever knew. And this was one, my, I just had a good friend, Aaron, who like, like that first um, Bad Religion record, this, you know, Subhumans, Crass, uh, Circle Jerks, Black Flag a little bit. Yeah, just like every band, every punk band um, that I knew was from him. And when I think about it, it's all 80s. It's all like early 80s but it's like English and American. Um, when we were like in high school and stuff, that whole first wave, like, you know who the Ramones are in the Sex Pistols. We didn't listen to any of that. We didn't listen to anything. We didn't listen to Stooges, nothing from 70s. It was all like second wave or like stuff that was kind of hardcore starting in like 1980, 81, 82. And he just had that record and he didn't, I got the day the country died later and then some other like singles and stuff. And then, you know, they had this band citizen fish after, which is really mm -hmm. good too. But I didn't know any of that. Like we just listened to cradle to the grave. So it's like become one of those records that I know like super well, but I never, it wasn't like subhumans. It was like, Oh, they're our favorite band. It was just like this specific record. Okay. Yeah, yeah Citizen Fish, I didn't know, was the same singer. So Singer, and I think the drummer, or the the drummer for some point from Subhumans. So I was I was more familiar with that, although yeah. still not like, you know. Right. Um, I honestly, and this is such a stupid, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Um, <laughs> this is not what I thought this band would sound like. Right. For some reason, I thought this was going to be more like discharge, DB, like right. grimy, heavier. Um, it's different. It's different than anything else, I think. Yeah. And this record, there is so much reverb on this record. I, mm -hmm. I was I was thinking today because I was like, let me listen to it a couple times just to like get it fresh because um, it had been a second since I listened. And I, like Dead Kennedys is the only other band that I can think of mm -hmm. that puts that much reverb <laughs> Like on a punk record, it just wasn't done. It just right. wasn't how they made those records. And this record, it's almost psychedelic. It's like as about as psychedelic as like a punk record could be back then. It's just, you know, the second side of the record is just that one long. Yeah. Which is yeah. one song. Yeah. So incredible. Um, yeah. It, that was, that wasn't because like when I first looked at the track listing, I was like, oh, it's just got like one of those like hidden tracks at the end where there's, you know, a three minute song and then, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes of gap in between and then a little bonus right. song at the end. But yeah, it's, it's, I was like, oh, this reminds me of like the predecessor to like no is the decline. <laughs> totally yeah i bet they like that record yeah um they, they, there's no way they did that without yeah well didn't yeah. having mike known put that out this song didn't fat mike put out the citizen fish stuff i think i think they were yeah because citizen fish appeared on so i was like this these vocals sound familiar not that i was a citizen fish fan but i loved the old fat records comp short music oh, yeah. for short people oh, oh yeah, yeah where it's just 101 30 second songs and it was like the right. best sampler of anything and there's some really catchy shit on there but yeah and citizen fish is on so i think they did have a a relationship at some point right right but yeah there's but no the way thing, they didn't hear that song like while they were making the decline there's there's I, just there's too many variables and similarities i think the first big thing that hit me was that about this record specifically is that uh there's a lot of like punk moves on this record you know what uh -huh. i mean there's a lot of like 
the high, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it, does, oh, yeah. it does all Absolutely. of it, but yep. it does it in a way that's so detached from like the boring tropes that all, all the other punk bands did. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, in a way that sounded like, I, I feel like I, I mentioned the MC five whenever I talk about like <laughs> punk like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it's a very like, I don't know artistic well, way of reinterpreting melody i guess I, right at like a really early time in punk too to right. be doing all that it's so ahead of so much other stuff because you could think like a band like the refused kind of like taking punk you know and, and like you know the way people did in the 90s and the 2000s like re- but they're reinventing something that has only you know that's something that's not old at yeah. all at that point yeah, it this I I was trying to put it into context of like stuff we've talked about before on the pod and uh it does fall right in between like the Sex Pistols we did never mind the Bullocks. Right. And right. then which really sets the table for this, but you know, this I feel like is more interesting uh at least musically. And then uh we talked about Leatherface Mush, which oh. I came a, a bit after this, but again still uh-huh. like heavy northern you know, UK punk. Right. And uh this kind of falls right in the middle in like a fun a fun way. But yeah, I like it. it's the guitar tones on this record are interesting too cuz nothing's really heavily distorted. Right, it's kind of clean. Yeah, it's it's like it's just, they're using like like tube driver or like overdrive, but not right, the gain right. isn't that crazy. Like there's no tonal loss really. Right, right. It just it just adds a little edge, but it's not what you would think of as like what modern punk is now that's like you know either lo-fi or super kind of aggressively distorted like this is a pretty well recorded record like sonically yeah i wish did you did you look up I, i've never looked up who who tracked it but today i was thinking i i bet that this was made by someone who didn't usually make punk records that's oh, what yeah. it sounds like to me that, that would like actually make that a makes, lot yeah. of sense that yeah. would make a lot of sense and uh, it, uh, apparently, it, according to Wikipedia, the subhumans produced self-produced. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, they're geniuses. Which is which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, some savants, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There's a I lot mean, of cool tricks that they do that mm-hmm. you don't see coming, and I'm not even sure. There's just a lot of smart shit, like. The songs will be climaxing, and there's all this reverb and effect, and then they'll start killing effects kind of, like, right before the song ends. Like, his vocals are so out there. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, the last line, they'll just, like, kill. Or it's like there's, like, a bus where, like, everything is going to this, like, effects bus, and they just, like, mute it in the last, like, five seconds of the songs, and the songs will get super dry and in your face. And you're like, whoa, my God. It's it's <laughs> it's cool. It's, I feel like it's the opposite of uh the way a lot of recordings are done in, in that like they'll they'll start layering more effects as the song goes on and yeah. here they're just like killing stuff and you're like well it's really uh it's bold yeah that's so interesting it's it's a it, real it's a real different style of punk than like the style of punk that was going on concurrently in the united states right yeah right so at the same time this record was coming out black flag was putting out slip it in right and like of the (laughs) genre i don't think you can find two more like opposite sounding records that are sort of talking about the same thing Uh interesting so I looked up the engineer for this, and the engineer okay. makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay. John Loader did 
what seems to be every UK punk record, uh, specifically oh, okay. most so of the craft stuff. Only okay, right, right. Which, but also I'm seeing like Jesus and Mary Chain records. Oh, and really? Did. Cool. He apparently Wait, worked which on which ones? Uh, oh, like Psycho see. Candy or like uh, uh I just lost things. it. Whatever came out. Uh, you tripped me up. Oh. Okay. Uh, and just like honey. Oh, cool. And, so, and Psycho Candy, too, actually. Okay, yeah, you're right. Cool. But yeah, I'm looking Makes here, sense. too, and like, did the Egg Hunt EP? Oh, he did? And That's Big wild. Black, apparently. Songs about fucking. Oh, Poison dude. Idea. Yeah, all the Jesus. Yeah, he's got a, a 200, Poison Idea, too. 218 credits on Discord. Wow. So he's cool. He's, he's got some shit going on, for sure. But uh, that that's the one thing I saw a lot of people. I don't know. Are, are you guys Crass fans at all? I don't yes. know yeah, much about like... Crass, uh, other than the back patch on on people's jackets or <laughs> or, butt, or butt flaps. When, um, yeah, when the patch is bigger than the band. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. That that was the biggest comparison I saw to Subhumans. Yeah, I feel like it's fair, except like Crass is great, but I. Uh, it's so hard to, to get a crass song stuck in your head. I think mm-hmm. there's oh, yeah. something just like so, like it, it's like super smart and it grinds you down in this way that's like rad. But I'll never like turn off a crass record and then be humming one of the songs. Whereas like right. these subhuman songs, I feel like every song is so super catchy. Yeah, yeah, and well, the crass is it's also not recorded as well as this either, and I feel like that's a big <laughs> right. hurdle. Right, right. Uh, you know, and probably well, as a as a stylistic decision. You oh, know, sure. I would think. Like, yeah, some but, of the, some of the crass stuff that, that I love the most is like almost unlistenable. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> some like of those Christ songs album? are like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, might, it might as well be like going? a black metal album in, in terms of like actual <laughs> musicality mean, to seriously, it. Seriously, those those records, and it's so funny too. Those records are so disjointed in a way that like this Subhumans record feels so like thick and dense and like yeah i i feel like there's I a few know, songs con- that actually like blend into each other yeah yeah i feel like there's a few songs uh at least on the first half that kind of merge together a little bit i think like the yeah, second yeah, song and the yeah. third song is a pretty close to seamless transition which is cool i love the album art on this record too i'm looking at it on discogs oh now. yeah it's great it's, it's so great good. yeah, yeah. I, I also love that it says pay no no more than three dollars and fifty oh, pounds right, right. <laughs> which is a a classic a classic thing to do right right uh, i also art. i don't see a upc on it either uh yeah, what know. even what was it just released by the band it was on Blurred this one was, records. Yeah, this was on their oh label. yeah that, i think that is their label because that's yeah. what citizen a lot of the citizen fish stuff is on Blurred too yeah they they um they did I want to say like a seven inch or something on another label. And then from like the second EP on, I think it was just on there. Even like the stuff they released in like early 2000, Mm -hmm. that stuff was still on their own label. Damn. Cool. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Good for them. Fuck a label. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, they get it. Yeah. They're it's punk, baby. You don't need that Baby. shit. Yeah, <laughs> you can make it work without a la- Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. I, I love... Uh, I mean, they have multiple references about adverts on the telly. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I love the one that's specifically an advert on the telly for plastic goo, which mm. is very funny. But it's, it is it is interesting, talking about like the dynamicism, though, of this, is 
I think it's on Waste of Breath, where it, like, totally switches gears and gets almost, like, sing-songy yeah, at parts, yeah. where it almost feels like it's almost like a parody. Like, it, it sounds like they're kind of parodying things that would be on the radio. Right, it's tongue-in-cheek. I mean, do you guys listen to The Addicts, or do you know that band? I, I, feel I like know it's very, never... It's definitely similar in that, you know, being very English and just mm-hmm. being, like, even when you're talking about some really dark shit it's still really they're they're definitely like enjoying themselves (laughs) yeah still yeah it's it's it is interesting how that like kind of because it kicks the gears and almost like takes you for a loop for a second because it just feels so jarring that they make that switch but you kind of get it at some point and i think like i said that's also an attribution of how well it's recorded it's just Right. It sounds like it's a pop song now. And it, yeah, that totally, makes sense. Like totally. it sonically sounds that way. There's yeah, something yeah. to be said about how how pop like the um like how pop this record leans as mm. opposed to like the other uh, like I don't know. I don't know much about the the UK anarcho punk scene, but Yeah, this is a huge blind spot for me in terms of not the punk I like got into in high school and then never kind of went backwards a little bit. Does that make right. sense? Right. But what were those bands? Like what were the first bands you were hearing? Oh God. I mean, it would, probably like no effects, but, uh, right. Like punk, right. punk and drublick era, right, white right. trash era. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that, I was hearing the same stuff. The same, the, those, all those bands I listed, like with this band, that wasn't the mm-hmm. first ones. It was like Descendants, No Effects, yeah. but you know, it was all Epitaph and Fat stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And a what's lot your, of mostly like SoCal stuff. What's your favorite Bad Religion record? Uh, or like, no do control. you go back to them no very control. much? Yo, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I like Against the Grain, No Control. I mean, I like Suffer, and I, I, I like How Could Help Be Any Worse, but really, there's something about No Control, and especially the way it's recorded, and the way the drums are recorded. Everything is so tight and perfect, and in this little spot, like, but then they open it up in these crazy ways, like, uh, like Automatic Man, when they, all of a sudden, there's just, like, it sounds like there's, like, a hundred voices. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's just, like, so many, ah, like, little little uh subtle tricks that they're doing on that record and just those songs those songs are so 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 good against yeah. the grain was huge for me yeah um, yeah i, I mean, don't so think good. i don't think that i had ever heard music like that the first time i yeah. heard it just from yeah. like the the intro of that sort of like you can hear the pick on the guitar right before yeah, that first yeah, riff comes yeah, in so yeah. sick. Um, I go, I think I go up to the gray race and stop there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like, what's the, uh, uh, recipe for hate. Yeah. That's, it's still pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting. Like when you find the things you discover in the path that like lead you down. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, you know, I, I got into no effects. I got into like screeching weasel Oh yeah. because that's the stuff like you, you can like Google what is punk music, and that's like would have come up at the time. <laughs> right, and, I'm gonna right. look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google what is punk music. Yeah, just look, I'll just tell you what like punk music punk is. Punk bands and see would what it be comes like up. The sex, yeah, yeah. But but you know, I I never really went back. I and like I bought a Sex Pistols CD because that's like oh that these are the originators of punk. You just punk. have to, yeah, yeah. But and I'm sure that's kind of similar to how you went backwards to Subhumans a little bit. You're right, like looking right. at what the band you're listening to were listening to. And, right, right. 
And, you know, uh, but it, it wasn't too long after me listening to Screeching Weasel. I had friends that went on to listen to, like, the Vandals and the Addicts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and, like, the Riverdales and that era of, like, weird... Uh, that that kind of whole world of like the other side of Fat Records punk like strung out right, and right. and <laughs> right. you know and I kind of stayed with a glad wagon and stuff but then it, it yeah, wasn't yeah. long after that I was listening to like Weezer oh yeah and yeah. then that probably that took me down the dark path of of that stuff <laughs> which right. then led me to listening to more emo stuff Jimmy Eat World and and right. and um you know other bands like that and it kind of kept going from there but. Andrew, what what are your results on on punk records? Oh, it's exactly what you would think. Or like punk bands. So yeah. there's a let's see. On the top tier, I'll give you I'll give you the top Okay, so there's <laughs> hold on. There's 12, 12 bands listed here. Okay. I bet you can name all 12. <laughs> Just tell us. I don't want to rack right. my brain that hard. <laughs> Punk music starts with the Ramones, apparently. Okay, that's that's it's, fair. It's Ramones, The Clash, Green Day, Misfits. Okay, yeah. Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, Blink-182, The Stooges, okay. Bad Religion, Rancid, Rise Against, and The Offspring. Wow. Nowhere in there does it mention the Sex Pistols at all. Damn, they've They're just finally, been wiped away. Man. People, people finally realized that they were an industry plant by a clothing company. <laughs> Damn, they were they were the punk uh, New York Dolls. I could show more. I'm telling you, I'm I'm down pretty far, and and the Sex Pistols have not been. And they're still. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, no suicidal one's... tendencies and the vibrators have been mentioned before the Sex Pistols. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, n- n- no one has had such a fall from grace as, as Johnny Rotten, I think. Or uh, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people like PIL, and I don't understand it. Really? <laughs> right. I don't know. He's he's a weirdo. You, you, <laughs> you live long he's enough to become a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, so, I mean... The the thermals were a fairly political band. I think that's very safe to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did your kind of political outlook come from the punk era, the early punk stuff? I mean, kind of. I mean, yeah. I would trace the thing I like about the Cradle to the Grave is that it's they're trying to sum everything up. Like that yeah. record is about everything. Like if you had only made if they had only made one record ever, that would. Sh- certainly be the one mm-hmm. if you if you're trying to like say everything you want to say about life and everything that record appears to me like they did that very well um i feel like i just like the the punk bands that were really talking about something real that seemed to be that's like more inspiring to me and i feel i i, I did feel i don't feel this way anymore i don't think but like I felt like that you kind of should that if you're if you're able to say something if you feel you have something to say like about religion or politics or things that are important that that you you should do but then I kind of feel like I got that out of my system as well because okay I don't think that it's something you need to do your entire life mm-hmm. and the thing was stuff like politics it's hard to shake once you do it once it's kind of part of your reputation 
and you would kind of like it to not like define you it's definitely hard to it's hard to get rid of it i mean and because i'm sure like the political questions are the worst like there's so much nuance to that arena that like right you know you can't sum it up in in a you know the same way you would talking about religion like religion unless you're on that side religion is sort of like unilaterally wrong I, I had this really great idea that I was gonna that I was gonna intro this as like we're gonna welcome Hutch Harris here to uh run into the ground, the first conservative Christian punk podcast. <laughs> like, did you uh did you get like pushback for like the religion stuff or like Yeah, but then we also got a bunch of people who thought that the band was religious as well. Really? Oh, which weird. I, I kind of liked that there was that it wasn't that obvious all the time that you couldn't exactly tell what the message was. I mean, it that it didn't bother me. Like there were a lot of people who thought that the thermals were a Christian band, and so I wasn't Listen, gonna I, like I, I, I guess like that's reliant true. reliant K came out and kind of stole your sound a little bit. <laughs> I, guess, so. right. I guess it's safe. I there are a couple like pleading with God songs on uh on the body so like i guess i get right, that for sure but... yeah yeah hmm i mean kathy and i we weren't anyone who was angry with us for like picking on christianity i would explain to them that kathy and i were both raised catholic we went to catholic school we went to catholic church like our whole it wasn't like we just chose yeah, christianity let's... as an easy target like right. that is in my head for yeah. my whole life that's not going anywhere we come by that totally honestly so mm-hmm. it wasn't to like pick on uh anything and if you're if you're someone who's concerned about you know separation of, of of church and state in this country or concerned that that's not something that actually happens like that's christianity like we're in the united states like mm-hmm. it's not it wasn't you, you don't like put a bunch of religions on the wall and throw darts at it and be like, which one do we try to take down? Like, this is where we come from. And this is, this is a Christian country, whether you like it or not. So that's where, yeah, that's where that all comes from. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's funny how that works, but yeah, when, when you mentioned you're raised Catholic, like every person I know who was raised Catholic either comes out the other side, like fully devoted or comes out the other side of like, cynical you know right right that's why you call it recovering yeah (laughs) exactly yeah but it's kind of like how i uh like the saying about like art of like you got to know the rules before you can break the rules kind of deal it's like same thing with with being you know uh critical of that kind of stuff you gotta have the experience you gotta do the research right to then have an accurate kind of takedown of it a, a little bit yeah, and I don't know why you would think that you would someone would just go after something to pick on it for points because it it doesn't like stuff like that doesn't make you popular. Like it's not no. something that is not how you get popular in. And You're literally excluding on religion, exactly. excluding a fan base. You're but immediately I feel like, pissing people off. But I feel like that was punk in the '90s. Oh, for sure. Like in a nutshell, that was punk in the '90s. Just like, what can we pick on? You know, right. I would, I would say that I don't think that most punk in the '90s was like politically informed enough to like draw some of the conclusions that were drawn. But right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm sure it was really important. <laughs> no, I mean there there is that thing of taking a stand and 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 choosing a battle essentially, and then 
you know, you're going to have a really galvanized fan base of people who agree with you. But there's a reason why, like, country music is the most popular music by, like, right. sales standards. It's just because right. it's so down the middle. And it is just right. talking about very popular themes and not particularly choosing a side. And you're not alienating anyone not from in, buying not music. Not in my small town, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, unsurprisingly, subhumans discuss the queen a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, oh I yeah. Hate, I hate when people disrespect the queen. I, yeah, yeah. I I've always found that as like a real separator, of like a thing oh, yeah. that I don't I don't understand. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't yeah. I don't understand what it's like to grow up in that sort of situation. Um, and uh, like you know these you know half of your country or you know a third of your country is living in abject poverty where like right. there's like this ruling class that's yeah that's televised um i'm sure it seems pretty terrible um would you say that that british punk maybe talks about it too much no I, what i like is when <laughs> i what i like about the english punk bands is that they didn't they were trying to not be English. You think of like yeah. his accent on on these records is mm. so strong, mm. and like I mean, Sex Pistols too. But they're all it's it's a response to like for years, uh, British bands trying to sound American, like you know Beatles and Stones and all these bands really trying to sing like Americans, and like their accents like creeping out or like peeking out sometimes, but really. It's almost like they're just trying so hard to be American that they're, it's kind of a rejection it, of England. It is, it is always really interesting to think about like how accents do kind of get lost in a singing voice sometimes. Right. Like even like as a as a kid, like growing up with my dad listening to like Black Sabbath and like Ozzy, I didn't know he was British until right. like exactly, the Osborne's yeah. TV show. And he's like, wow, this <laughs> right. is like one of the most British men alive, but he sings yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, with yeah. no accent at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, he sounds think like he's from, you know, from Maryland or something. Every, it's crazy. Every pop band from Australia, mm. I feel like never sounds Australian. Like, yeah. isn't Robin from Australia? I'd never know. No, Robin is from like Scandinavia. <laughs> Same <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Kylie Minogue is Australian. Yeah, Kylie Minogue's Minogue. Australian. Well, think of that. There's so many Australian actors, too, that oh, are. Oh, yeah. So famous here that you almost so many you never hear like someone like Naomi Watts or I mean there's just a ton or Eric Bana you know mm -hmm. was Australia or is he is Australia he was he's, he's given it up ever, yeah 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 he, <laughs> he renounced it but I yeah. mean Nicole Kidman's Australian yeah yeah and I, I was I, she did a movie called Australia that I've never seen but I was gonna say I can't place a movie where she's ever not done an accent right. uh, yeah I don't know if she's ever done an Australian accent. Yeah, it's hard to it's or weird her when you hear accent, her speak. Yeah, like an interview, you're like, "Whoa, what are you doing, yeah. Nicole?" <laughs> don't do that. And yeah. isn't Keith um, Urban also Australian? I mean, he's definitely yeah, not is singing. He? Yeah, there uh, is one of those, and, and yeah, well, they're they're married, which is fine. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but you know, he's he's up there not singing in an Australian accent. Yeah, so weird. But then you have like uh, American singers. You'll think like Guy by Voices. He he. He sings he sounds english a lot uh yeah. blake from jawbreaker sounds yeah. english you know still like on dear you like he to me he sounds a lot like the psychedelic furs uh <laughs> singer he just sounds yeah. like very english and i feel like it's something 
he like tried to contain for a while and then when dear you when they went to dear you he just really let the that english accent i was just reading something about his accent and how like he it was just his attempt to like over enunciate Mm. things oh really yeah Yeah. and it sounds like he's overcompensating for like an accent almost uh but it 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 became his like kind of signature thing you know some people just great voice and great lyrics so it's mm. hard to it's hard to argue with it yeah it's just like the singer of uh pine grove is from montclair new jersey but he sings like uh tyler childers or whatever his name is like he sounds like he's from Uh, deep woods uh georgia oh right right but he's from new jersey Hmm. it's just an aesthetic thing and don't get me started on fucking tweety jesus christ (laughs) no i'm just kidding um although i will say did you guys listen to the new wilco record no no is it good no i was not excited about it if i can be honest um yeah yeah what's it like how like do you keep up how much new music do you listen to if there's when something comes out, and I feel that I'm like required to listen to mm-hmm. it. Like there's that. You did you see Roger Waters like redid Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, I did. I heard I about did. that. Like what? Who was asking him to do that? Is he just bored? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Is he, is he the, trying the, to no do? One was asking for. Is he trying to do like a, a Taylor Swift thing where he's like re-recording it yeah, to like yeah. get the royalties Rogers, himself? Rogers version. <laughs> yeah. If you ever thought, if you ever liked Dark Side of the Moon, but you wish there was an old man talking over the whole thing, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, a lot of times there was like a new Cypress Hill record like a couple years oh, ago. God. I was like, come mm. on, and it was great, it, but it sounded like exactly like any other record they yeah. ever did. Temples yeah. of Boom was huge for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, it's like uh, I love them. Did, I love them. Ice yeah. T did a bot, like a semi-recent body count record, like a couple years ago. Oh, right, right. And like was incorporated, like I mean, it sounds like body count. There was a song just, called "No Lives Matter." Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I know I listened oh. to it, but I can't even remember if I liked it at this point. Yeah. It was a big deal at the time. Let's see. Yeah. Let's let's see what body counts up to. Yeah, play um, some looking new at body count. For they me. only have three hundred thousand monthly listeners. Get out only. of here! Only, only. Uh, yeah, they put out a record in twenty seventeen, right? Uh, but yeah, oh, they they put. <laughs> Didn't yeah, they the come song... out with one in like twenty twenty or twenty one or no? Yeah, they they like put out a bunch of instrumental maybe, yeah. versions of all their songs. But yeah, they uh, you still can't get the one song hard. that matters though, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Imagine yeah. like you write a song that like your band is known for and mm-hmm. you can't play it or like you refuse <laughs> right. to play it. Yeah. What a power move. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I feel like that's a thing a lot of bands do. Like, did you ever get tired of playing Pillar of Salt? Mm, I don't know. Like, not really. <laughs> okay. When, when, when. The whole thing of like people coming for certain songs and then like the reaction that you get, I find it like hard to argue with. Like if you were if you felt like obligated to play something and people just weren't responding, then I wouldn't see the point. But mm-hmm. if you play a song and people love it, I mean, I kind of feel like a lot of it is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with being entertaining in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I always found it weird that bands would kind of be really indignant about that i mean i guess right there's a lot of stuff uh like that old adage of like you have your entire life to write your first record right you know like so there's a lot of stuff that becomes your obligatory songs it's like i wrote this in high school 
Right. Like, I don't want to, as a middle-aged man, want to play the song about, you know, me getting dumped at prom. You know, or, <laughs> right. Or the flip side of that, I was just thinking, because uh, Matt Pryor just put out that, like, uh, is it his memoir? Oh, yeah, I think so. So, uh... I I was I was like, why would you want to keep doing that? You know, why would you want to keep reliving that? And I'm like, it probably connects you. It's probably one big connection line through your entire life. You know what I mean? In the same way that the records I love that I make, obviously, but are really important and like sort of stitch the eras of my life together. I think sense. doing all of that in the first person, you know, probably grounds you. Yeah. In a way, you know. And I get to that, like, Radiohead not playing Creep anymore. Like, they totally sure, but changed that, but like, yeah, genres of music. That, yeah, that wouldn't yeah. even make right, sense. Right, right. Yeah. But, again, they, like, got mad that that was, like, one of the most popular rock songs of all time. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you have yeah. to really reach a certain level of success to be able to, like, look back on past success and be like, Bleh, fuck that. <laughs> Like, I mean, you yeah, really gotta yeah, have a lot yeah. more wins in the chamber to be able to look back on your early ones and be like, ah, that was a fluke. Yeah, your platinum song that you yeah, your, yeah, your like diamond <laughs> song. It's yeah, insane. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you were the, the thermals. You guys were around what sixteen years? Uh, yeah, years, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like that that's right. that's a a long fucking time. <laughs> that was plenty <laughs> long enough. Yeah, yeah. The bands that do it their whole life, I don't see how I don't know how they do it. Like, I mean, I don't think they should stop. But for me, it got to a point where I was like, "This is great," and this is like financially, this is great. But I feel like if I don't stop doing this, I'm just going to be doing one thing my entire life. And mm-hmm. honestly, I would rather go down in valleys and come back up, or even just like. I just had to do like I needed my life to change, even if it wasn't going to change for the better. You know, it just had to be different. Yeah. Like it feels like even when things are good to me, if, if they're if they're static, it just feels like a flat line at some point. Um, and you, you can always come back and do it again. But I yeah, I, I really don't see when bands because you see bands do it 30, 40, whatever years of like, yeah, that's awesome for them. But I don't. uh I don't know how they do it. I mean, I don't understand how people can stay. And this probably says more about me than it does anything else. But like, I don't understand how people can stay friends and be <laughs> yeah. creative for that long. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand how um, Jimmy World has had the exact same lineup since they were teenagers. Well, have they really? Yeah, yeah except for the bass player. But like, that's, you know, he was still on all the records. So right, it's like. Right just such a uh, a crazy thing like even even the people that i was in a band with 10 years ago i'm like if i was still in a band with those knuckleheads i don't know you know I, who knows what I kind mean, of music we'd be weird making. al's had the same little band lineup his whole career too well, isn't isn't i mean i know the subhumans changed uh members a couple times but like um, they're still touring, right? They're still I'm not currently sure. active. Yeah, I think I think according to the thing, they're, they? they're still currently active as of like 20 years ago. <laughs> so they broke up for a bit and then got back together right, and then broke up right. and now they're uh, ongoing, I believe. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you seen them? 
No, I never have. I should. Next time, next time they come. I've in the last like I don't know how long, I've like started seeing like a bunch of bands that I never thought I would because they're so old. Like Agent Orange. I saw Agent oh, Orange. Yeah. And you go and think this will be fine. And then it was fucking so good. Like yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazingly good. And also the audience, you're like, who are all these people? Because I've <laughs> never seen there's no punks. Like everyone was out. Like I guess people come out from the suburbs and stuff, but like it was like so weird to see yeah yeah it was just it was fucking great though you feel like you felt like it was like 30 years ago or something where did yeah, they, they play awesome. crystal ball they played at dante's get real yeah really cool oh. so whenever that kept you know not a lot is it 400 500 people yeah. maybe not even that yeah but yeah so, but it's uh yeah yeah it was fucking so great. so uh by appreciating subhumans do you find yourself bonding with any of the crust punks on the, the Portland <laughs> streets? The the no, oogles, I, I believe you call them like, out there. What do they call the oogles? Oogles. <laughs> yeah, is that, the, is no, that what they call them on the like, West Coast? Removed from that. Uh, I mean, we called them crusties when we were kids, but yeah. like, I don't, I feel like I don't see any like, I never see anyone I would consider a punk, you know? Not Cause, in Portland. Because I feel, Except, I think, yeah. uh, how was it? I think they said subhumans were like direct influences to like like dystopia. And like that's another big butt flat band. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, you know, you could you can shake a couple hands out there. Be like, I I know what you're up to. I know what you I know what you uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> you and me were the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I you know, don't don't forget the struggle, you, don't forget the streets. Yeah. You throw stuff at cops, I throw stuff at cops, <laughs> like everybody wins. Um Yeah, man. So you haven't had like your uh gas tank emptied by a tweaker out where you live? Is that not the no. Portland you live in? I the thing is like it's it, Portland is all like pockets now, you know, right. like it's it's everywhere, but it's just where you are exactly. So where I am exactly is, knock on wood, very nice and quiet. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't have to go far for things to be crazy. I went. I needed to get. I have found all these old VHS tapes uh, in my basement that I and I haven't had a player for like ten years or something. So I went. I went to a couple Goodwills last night to try to to get an old VCR and I had to go to two. And the second one I went to was so just like fucking gnarly with people. I was like shocked. Cause I just hadn't been to that neighborhood in like four or five years. And, and it was some, you know, it's just like a normal area that is just like suffering, you know, mm. right now. So it just depends, you know, there can be like the more you're out in the city, you know, the more you see it like anywhere. Sure. Um, yeah, Portland. Yeah, Portland's way different now than like yeah, the last time I was there. I mean, it's been almost twenty years since I've been in Portland. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's a very, very different place now. My my yeah. wife works in fashion, and a uh -huh. lot of her friends uh, went to work for Nike. Oh, really? And yeah. like had weird experiences trying to find places like the oh, neighborhoods. Really? It's unlike any other city. It really yeah, is. Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. The neighborhoods are diverse in a way that's like economic diversity and not so yeah. much, you know, uh, in a way that like if you've lived in a major city your whole life, um, it's like a different kind of diversity than you've experienced, probably. Right, right. 
just yeah, like the subhumans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 early days getting my career off the ground debated moving to Portland because that's where oh, really? the cool shit was happening. And right, like, right. You know, the mid 2010s and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, the Portlandia was on TV. Oh, right. It was the right. golden age of Portland. Right, for I, sure. I did, I did think it was funny when I was in Portland. It was 2015. And just like seeing places that have little plaques on all the walls saying that like Portlandia was filmed. Oh, here. I know. It's so silly. It's <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm curious if those, uh, if those plaques are still up. Are people still coasting off They're the cloud? They're all stolen now. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were I mean, melted really, down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. Those places are gone. No, no, I don't, I don't know. But like, it's def- like the people I know who are from here, they don't like because it, it is you know, a lot of Portland. You know, is having a hard time right now. But yeah, but a lot of people I know that are from here will tell you that it is just returning to what it was before. Yeah. So like, they'll say this is what it was like in the eighties and nineties. And not, and they're not like that bummed about it because they survived it when they were kids, yeah, so they right. can survive it now. But you can definitely see like there's a high watermark as far as like uh, money and 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 food and culture, where you know, because you just had like this huge influx of money and people from elsewhere that built it all up, and then a lot of that has kind of like crumbled, but not all of it. But it's definitely it's definitely having a rough time. Yeah. I mean, culturally, Oregon's a pretty wild place. Yeah, considering oh, yeah. that, like, the, the it's a, yeah. it's an abs- it's an insanely conservative, like, conservative, uh, like, like militia ish. Yeah, yeah, very libertarian. Libertarian, say libertarian. Just with pockets of like academia like the worst right right people you could i mean like us but like the worst people for them that you could imagine yeah. um but and like, there's only about like five and a half million people in oregon like it's oh really not, and i, I think a lot of well, the whole the whole uh i didn't realize like until i drove through it was that the entire eastern half is high desert just desert yeah you know could mm. you think of yeah. pacific northwest and it's right, all lush green yeah and, um, it's beautiful and, though, but yeah, it's a lot of because uh, yeah. When I went, the girl I was driving with was moving to Bend, oh, which yeah. not long after became the hotspot of Oregon for yeah, a long time. Still is, it still and is, and it's just everything is breweries, and you know, it's, it's what yeah, Portland was ten yeah, years exactly. before, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, now Bend is like excruciatingly expensive to live in, it's but crazy, like right outside yeah. of Bend is like Sisters, Oregon, and it's literally just like desert prairie. Right, it's Farmland. reservations and just yeah. desert. Yeah, it's really cool though. It's really pretty out there. Yeah, there's it like is. a whole section of Oregon that was trying to se- uh, secede to Idaho. Oh, that's yeah, the south uh, southeast area was all. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's like where there there was that guy who was like had his cows on federal land all right. that fun stuff. Right. and like so that's going yeah. back into the like the militia side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Some real that's what I was thinking Ruby oh, Ruby right. Ridge shit. That's oh, yeah, where those yeah, those yeah. dudes tried to take over that wildlife sanctuary. Yeah, and got, yeah, yeah. That didn't last very long. It lasted longer than. But it's crazy. Well, well it's let true. people it do. They just yeah. let them do that. Sure. Yeah, they they, yeah. they tucker themselves out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, like, uh, it's like when I try to put my toddler down and she doesn't want to. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. Scream. Let her, just let her have this fit uh, for a bit. I give her I give her the AR and just like, what are you gonna do, kid? Um, uh, yeah, I, the, my last question, I, I uh, think, uh, which was just kind of interesting going from, from, we were talking about 
politics and stuff, but uh, how do you feel about the the weird little George Bush rewritten history thing that that had been oh, happening recently, so where he's now being portrayed as this like sweet old man giving like yeah. Michelle Obama hard candies? I was so annoyed, <laughs> but I always wonder like how Barack felt about that about that. What if he, what if he just whooped George's ass? Had. He's like, don't I talk know. to my lady like that. Because like he, la- I mean, he's he's so diplomatic that he wouldn't he wouldn't ever like scowl i feel like he wouldn't show it if he was like pissed or annoyed he's just gonna smile but like it's fucking annoying like that's his wife and you're like your whole thing is you give her a hard candy like get the fuck out of here yeah the whole thing is he's like <laughs> this adorable little guy who just paints and stuff yeah such a fucking crazy but it's a lot of it is because of trump now everything the bar is now set we're just like anything that's not Trump is like, oh, thank God it's, yeah. it's not Trump. Yeah. That yeah. someone looks, you know, someone even like DeSantis looks so much better to people that don't like Trump. When you're, if it was DeSantis without Trump, people you'd be like, oh my God, that's just like fucking horrific. Yeah. And, but the thing is, you have like Cheney and Bush set up so much that allowed Trump. Or, or allowed uh, people to feel the way they feel about Trump. Like a lot of it was preparation, you know, for for whatever was going to come next, and it was Trump that came next. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I think everybody has Reagan to blame on that, right? Uh, Again, amount- that's another thing. They think he was nice and cuddly. So much of what Reagan did was just so just, horrible. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, what a big and- piece of shit. It's so funny, like having a having somebody who's like so. Almost said universally hated, but I, obviously Trump is not universally hated. No, but, no. But you get to like, rewrite history of of war criminals for the past two years. <laughs> yeah, right, right, you know what yeah, I mean? Like right. nobody cares anymore. Yeah. Um, right. Although I feel like Biden's getting a warlord thing going on, <laughs> which is like sort of cool to see the uh, left get fucked every now and again. I'm in there. Right. <laughs> the, uh, well, oh, so that actually brings me up to a, a thing I was going to bring up. Uh, before we were talking about the queen and this is something i just put together in my head because there is like a thing of like whoever the the president of the time in america there's like this punk movement through like reagan punk was a very specific era of punk music the bush years had a lot of that stuff um you know i'm still waiting for all the good trump art that was supposed to come out of punk music but never really did but the thing is about british punk they've had the same enemy the entire time that British punk or music in general has had right, 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 because she right. she was what twenty? Would she die in twenty twenty three? Yeah, twenty twenty two. She just died last year, this year. year. Yeah. But but she started her reign in nineteen fifty two. Like that literally is right. the span of music as we know it. So British punk has had the same enemy the entire time. That's so doesn't pretty it crazy. seem like it's it was it was it her even or is it it's just like the idea that there is I a think monarchy? It's, I and think a it queen. is the idea, yeah. but it's it's funny that literally like seven generations or like five generations had the same enemy. <laughs> what is yeah yeah? What does Dick say about the Queen on this record? Um, he talks about disrespect really like you're not supposed to disrespect the right, queen right, right. Like he's, he, t- yeah, he's, he's singing from the point of, it's like you're, he's a school marm or like a yeah he's like you're not something. you can't drink you can't smoke you can't disrespect the queen right 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 yeah 
Uh, and, it's weird it, that like uh, in the '80s, like you had like English bands that called out Margaret Thatcher, and then you had oh, yeah. a lot of like Reagan calling out by American punk bands. But uh, for so long, I feel like there's no calling out by name. Yeah, maybe because I mean I never wanted to do it because it dates your music right. instantly. Mm, yeah, 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 and yeah, then absolutely. you kind of like. I, I I feel like you don't want to get thrown out when the person's out of office. Like you don't want your music to be useless. Yeah, like. yeah. On to the next thing. Right, right. That, that's something you talk about, Margaret Thatcher, and and is uh the band Chumbawamba, which I think a lot yeah. of people don't realize was a big time anarcho like an punk band. Oh yeah, they right, were they right. were they Before. were and they just had this freak you know freak accident hit single that... right but they had, had like seven records i think before oh yeah they were around something. for a long time yeah. and then they had a record even though they've been long broken up it was not to be released until margaret thatcher died oh and yeah. they, they like had a posthumous ep come out about margaret thatcher released on the day of her death and i thought so that was rad. so so Just funny had that in the bank Incredible. that's awesome yeah so I thought that was funny. So the British punk stuff, you know, they they make deal with their enemies. You know, one day Henry Kissinger will die, and then we can move on. Jeez, will he? Will Jesus. he? Is he fucking yeah. hundred? I think he is. He a hundred? He's gotta be right. I, he might be. All right. While, while I'm while I'm looking this up, um, dude, it's Hutch, crazy. Yeah. Do, you have any, do you have any skips on this record? No way, no way. I mean, it's not that long. Yeah. It's not that long. And I feel like, is it like under 40 minutes? I feel like, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it might even barely be half an hour. It's, um, uh, yeah, no, I absolutely. It's, it's yeah. 41 minutes and, oh, okay, you know, you a, a quarter of that yeah, 16 is, is the last that, song. Yeah. Is, is the cradle to the grave, yeah. Yeah. No, what this is, would, uh, yeah, I would definitely not skip any songs. Yeah, there are some interesting longer songs in here. Like, Where's the Freedom is a great oh, song, yeah. mm -hmm. but it does feel like it goes on like a verse or two too long a little bit. But yeah. Wake Up Screaming is the other, you know, that's a five minute song. And is it really five? Crazy is that one? It's, it's five oh, minutes, but yeah, yeah. It, it has like movements, which is um, right, right. And this is the the last note I actually have about the record is it kind of sounds like a doom song, <laughs> the way it lumbers, yeah. but there's no sludginess. There isn't really yeah. any distortion on it, but it has that like long lumbering kind of chug to it of like yeah, a, a doom yeah, yeah. song, yeah. and it picks up in the second half, but. It's like, oh, this is like interesting that they're playing these kind of like way before other bands are kind of doing that. And Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. Like that's one yeah. thing I love about doing this podcast is like finding the pieces of stuff that I know of. Like right, right, right. Finding totally. the origins yeah, yeah. of things that I'm Absolutely. familiar with. And that's it's yeah. a lot of fun. Andrew, how old's Henry Kissinger? Hundred years old. You were right, dude. Wow. Nice. What the fuck? Yeah. Why? Get, like, why? Get off my. Stop breathing. He's my, still like my air. traveling and shit. Yeah. He's he's still consulting. Like it's not. He like, looks. He looks dude, fine. Dude, and that's dude, the frustrating. Listen, part. that well, that's, that's the big wild. difference between you and him. Dude <laughs> loves to tour. <laughs> he really does. Keeping him oh, alive. Wow. Man. Oh well, boy, Hutch. Wild. This has been a fucking blast. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, this has been it. awesome. Uh, what do you got to plug? Oh, my Bandcamp. Okay. All my music is on Bandcamp. Hutchharris.bandcamp.com. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any any socials people can follow my you? My Instagram. My Instagram is at Instant Anxiety. That's okay. My, uh, that's Instagram's the only one I do stuff. I had to pick one. That's it's Instagram. For awesome. better or for worse. Yeah. Awesome. I'm always on there. Very cool. Everyone check yep. it out. 
you can follow me at Dambassini on Twitter and Instagram, Dambassini.com. My new book is just announced. It is called When I Kill God, I Will Find the Spigot from Which He Meters Out Grace and Smash It Permanently Open. Uh, it's a photographic study of nice. Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania, and its, its surrounding regions. Uh, that is up for pre-order now. First 30 pre-orders gets a little signed 4x6 print, so don't sleep on that. Release party December 7th at Brooklyn Film Camera in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Andrew, what do you got to plug? So, I have a new friend that if you send him money, he'll play whatever song you want on fucking Instagram. So, there we go, yeah. Um, I The whole <laughs> reason I reached out to you is because you covered a Reiner Maria song. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Caitlin reposted it, and I was yeah, like, yeah. fuck, that's incredible. Like, uh, how many have you done so far? Oh, I mean, I think I've posted about 50, but I've already finished like 90. That's so they keep coming in. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Raina Maria song was one of the ones that came in and I was like, fuck. Because like, I love them, but there's two singers and it's yeah. not like, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a song that they wrote on acoustic. You know, it's like right. all these like, jagged like post-rock chords but then the the very quickly there's been a few songs like that and then i get into it i'm like oh no this is great because it becomes uh becomes something different and then you know i love taking something that's kind of complex and making it really simple just like one person on an acoustic i was that was one of the ones where i was like super happy with how it turned out there's a few of them where i'm like okay that was good but i don't that's not like you know, you try to make things as good as it can be, uh, but that was the one where I was like, "Oh yeah, really happy with uh, finishing that one." It was Breakfast of Champions, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah! What it was such a good. The only, the only I would have said Connecticut Catholic. That would have been the uh, Ryan and Maria record, a song I would have uh, said. Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah, if you, um, it, you know, if. If you want to hear one of Sub Pop's greatest living artists cover whatever song you want, you better fucking right. send my boy your money. Yeah, um, there you go. There you go. Uh, while you're sending people money, you can go ahead and join our Patreon. Uh, we do uh, two bonus episodes a month. They're pretty, if I can say so myself, they're pretty good. They're a lot like, of fun. If you like to hear people talk shit indiscriminately, oh, yeah. I'm your guy. Um, so <laughs> also, I've been, posting, I've been posting some bonus stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff that we talk about on some of our episodes with guests that I dig up and and release for free on the Patreon. Uh, the one we just did, we were talking about that song we did while we were snowed in at Greg Horbel's house, and we made a little band, a uh, little little song recorded. Uh, I dug that out of my old iTunes and put it up for the Patreon. So look at you. There's there's um, weird shit you're not gonna hear anybody anywhere else, or like weird obscure bands that you can't find anymore. And you know, people talk about Stephen made that great. Uh, like street punk playlist when we talked about the distillers, you know that's on there. Uh, you know, so any any cool sub, you know, extra stuff we 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 tack up on the on the Patreon for y'all. The distillers, Australian, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. also Australian. Yeah. Fitzroy that's Melbourne. Great, you talk about that for whatever that first record was. I think it was the second or, record uh, we talked about. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Sing Sing Death House. I I oh, I don't, I don't think I ever listened to that one. It was oh, good. Yeah, the first record, it's fucking crazy good. You can listen to us talk about it for. Uh, no, I'll minutes, skip so. the record and just listen to you guys talk. Yeah, about okay, it. sounds it's good. For the best. Um, nice. You just got to send us nice. money. Um, yeah. so, okay, cool. I'll do that too. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Run Into the Ground. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, 
Uh, I find myself more than anything uh, getting real stoned at night and tweeting these amazing tweets and then deleting them the next morning when they have no engagement. <laughs> so you, it's really a time and place thing. Um, that's at run in the number two, the ground. Um, Hutch, this is, it's been amazing. Yeah, Thank you so much for coming on. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, everybody else. Bye-bye. It's the story of your life. And the end of it's your death And every word that's in between It's just a white star Breath!